Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, mi gente. What's good? ¿Qué onda? It's your girl, Odalis Jasmine, and y'all are listening to the one and only Hello Latino. Today, I'm talking to the Mr. Fuchila, el one and only, el Chicano behind Fuchila Fresheners, Ruben Dario Villa. He describes himself as a hella chill designer, artist, curator of culture, storyteller, community builder, and side hustler. Ruben is a first-gen college grad from San Jose, son of Mexican immigrants, and as y'all know, being the first in the family to do things, Ruben had to learn how to embrace discomfort. In this episode, we're catching Ruben at an interesting time post-Google layoffs and hearing about his exciting plans to be a full-time designer. Y'all not ready. Please, Ruben. Welcome. <laughs> I know we made it. We survived. You know, it's not the last of us, but we're here. You know. So what happened was Ruben got everybody sick in his household. <laughs> no, I want to blame it on my daughter. She started it all. Drink, drinking from my water. I'll leave. I'll blame it on my daughter on that. Oh one. my god. Well, I'm so excited to have you, Ruben. I feel like we've been trying to make Thank this you. happen for a minute, and you're a whole mm -hmm. influencer. I will never forget when you hopped on. <laughs> I'll never forget when you hopped on Hella First Gen, the audio series. When someone came up and they're like, "Hi, Ruben. I just want to say I love Fuchila art," and like they hopped off. I was like, "Oh my god, we in the presence of a whole influencer." So I'm honored. Please. I'm honored you're here. Nah, nah. You you definitely have that title unlocked for sure. You know, doing doing everything that you're up to. I can't keep track of all your of, of all your series, of all your talks, all your conversations. So I'm I'm happy that I. I finally got on this one, yeah. so I'm, you know, I'm excited. So yeah. thanks again for having me. I know I have a lot, huh? I, sh I should just try to scale down sometimes. But let's start with No, the I mean, hey, do it. You know, <laughs> we like keeping work around here and keeping busy. But let's start with the first question. Yeah. I start every episode this way. Ruben, how do you identify and why? Nice. Well, I identify as Chicano. And I identify as Chicano because it's, I don't feel like Latino is right. Mexican doesn't feel quite right. I, you know, it's that it's a little bit of that mixture of, of like what do you call it, of nida quini da ya kind of mentality. But but I'm actually I feel like I'm from both places culturally. So you know that's why I feel like Chicano is, is my chosen because Chicano for me really represents that I'm I'm very proud of my Mexican roots. And but I happen to have been born in the U.S. and I'm here and, and I've been here my whole life. And, you know, I have to acknowledge that part. But I also feel like with the title of Chicano, there's there's a sort of political and social responsibility that you have to your people and your community. And so that's why I choose that label, because it, it represents what I'm about and what I'm about being a, a, a man with and for others. And so, you know, that's a very Jesuit ideology, but it is something that I kind of, you know, mash up with with Chicano. So, yeah, that's fine. Can you give us a little more of a background for those who don't know what Chicano means and where it originated from? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the label of Chicano originates from the usually a lot of people attributed to the 1960s Chicano civil rights movement which was happening alongside, you know, Cesar Chavez was, you know, walking alongside, you know, MLK and Dolores Huerta. And and that struggle was happening around the same time. There was also another plight that the Chicano movement helped sort of empower, which was the plight of, of the farm worker. So the UFW, the United Farm Workers Association, was, was something that not just 
not just Chicanos, like, you know, Dolores Huerta and, and Cesar Chavez, but also the Filipino community as well. There was a large Filipino farm worker community here in California as well. So there was, there was quite a bit of unity during that time around, around just the, the social plight of our people, of our community, of those that are less, you know, can't for, for the reasons that, you know, that the system kind of maintains can't speak up for themselves. And so, you know, that's where that the label came from that moment, because there was a little bit, there was a frustration with the labels that previously were given to our community as Hispanic and Hispanic is not really something that I identify with at all. Mm. Although that is still what the government wants, what the government uses as our label. It's not something that I identify with, which I don't, I'm not really I don't really know too many people, at least in my circle, that identify with that with that label. So I think I'm just continuing that tradition of saying, you know, I would rather us name ourselves. And there's a, there's some people that say that Chicano has a little some origins as well in the name of you know Chicano, like Mexica, Mexicano, you know, like the indigenous roots, more in roots of of our name. And you know, there's a lot of scholars that talk about that stuff as well. So. That's kind of why I feel like it fits me more and it kind of does respect the indigenous roots that I have as well. And so just, you know, continuing that legacy. Yeah, well, I, I love that you gave some perspective because, I mean, I grew up in San Diego, huge Chicano movement down there, huge Mexican-American groups yeah. out there. And one of my favorite things about growing up in that area is seeing like the art, the the graffiti art. My brother was like one of those mm-hmm. artists and like seeing the cars, like the lowriders, like that was definitely the culture in San Diego. And I always felt like it was a big part of Mexican-American culture. Like I, I like when I think of Chicano, I think artists, like activists, I think just like this, I like, really passionate group of of mexican-americans and like that's how i see you too with like what you're doing you're you're an artist and like i think that that's at least my perspective of what chicano means to me from like an outsider perspective but i'm curious to hear because you've gone you grew up in san jose and then what did you call yourself a unicorn being in san jose and then going <laughs> to working in tech in san jose so i want to hear all about just like almost like your love story with art and your love story with like going into tech and being an artist and I mean especially in a Latino community I feel like art isn't really it's encouraged but it's not like a respected career choice all the time yeah (laughs) so talk to me about your love story with art yeah tell me about it that's uh, you're you're right on there so there's definitely been I mean I've always loved my creative side I don't I was gonna say there's been a love hate but love always for me hate sometimes from other people that didn't quite understand the vision. Mm. So, so I, since I was a kid, I was an artist, you know, I, I love to draw. My favorite thing to draw was like Looney Tunes. Taz was like my favorite dude to draw. I would, you know, they, I would get any sort of like folder back then. Like it was all about like what cool folder you had when you go into elementary school, like you would get like the coolest one. I'd always like to get when we were actually allowed to buy something new, cause my mom was very frugal, made us use things like year after year. You know, we always wanted that that new Crayola box, and she was like, "No, what do you mean? Like, I just I just got all the colors, or almost all the colors, collected here in this like little box. Like, you can take those to school." And I was like, "No, I want like the new, the fresh box." And the the rave was always the I think it was like the sixty four color box with like the built in color Crayola sharpener oh, in the back so you get to like sharpen those your are so fire. Oh, those are those are like high-end like it's a fancy. <laughs> so that was yeah 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 that was fancy so that was the that was the dream right and so mixed in with the some realities of you know not being you know super well off or anything like that like I wouldn't consider us at least when I was born my parents had just bought in their first house so my reality is a little different than my sister's reality, who's older than me, who grew up in, who was born and raised in, a, you know, in, in rooms and apartments that my parents rented. And then when I was born, it was, they had established themselves a little bit more. And so my reality and my brother's reality was one of born, being born in, and raised in a single, in a single family home. And so the reality still remained, though, though, that our, that our culture was very much of like, 
you know, being frugal and being aware of how we spend our money or being scared to spend our money, I think. And one of the ways that it, that manifested itself was more in like traditional roles. My brother and I were mostly in sports. My sister was in music and art and she got all the music and art classes. And my brother and I got all the, the sport. We got where we would spend our money would be in the sports side of things. So I never actually got a proper art class, you, if you will, until I got to college. So once I was in college, I decided that like I would enjoy, you know, I, I went in undis un I went to Santa Clara University and I went in undecided and I chose sociology because I just when I read through what the sociology degree was about, I enjoyed and thinking about like, oh yeah, the dynamics between like groups of people. Being a, a middle child, that's something that I specialize in now. <laughs> I think also because of my degree, I build bridges, I connect dots, I make sure that people can have constructive conversations. I don't like to, I don't, I like to resolve conflict. And so that's part of it, that's part of me. And so I said, yeah, I'll go to sociology, but then I'm going to take this one, you know, design, graphic design class because I feel like, you know, why not? I'm in college. Let me try something new. Mm -hmm. So I took that first design class. And then I think the first day it just clicked. I was like, yeah, this is this is it. This is this is what I've been waiting for. Like I could already draw. I've been trying to figure out how to get that, how to get my drawings onto the computer and do something with that, mm -hmm. you know. I actually went to a very well-off high school. It was Archbishop Mitty High School here in the Bay Area. It's a private Catholic high school. We were fortunate. My sister was actually the one who pushed my parents to send her there. And then once my parents sent her there, that we, my brother and I had no choice. That was like where we were going to go. And luckily at that time, we were doing well enough to actually send me there. So I went. I was blessed to see this side. I mean, I was already being prepared for the real world, you know, predominantly white high school. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm, you know, when I went to Santa Clara, it was like, oh, this is easy. This is like, <laughs> I'm already used to this, Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and so, you know, where was I going with this? Where that I, at the high school that I went to, there was a friend of mine who even at high school, he was already, he was like in the student and there's like the student union kind of area where they had computers and he was like designing some stuff with like some soccer he was like designing something in photoshop and i was like dude that's hella cool like what is that about and he was like oh yeah this is photoshop you should check it out you know he's a you know um he was already a freelance designer in high school like that's how good that's how ahead oh, of the game this kid was you wow. know yeah and we're and we're still homies he's like a he's like a product manager now in tech and so so yeah we played soccer together but that was my like whoa like wait i could do wait that's creative but that's on the computer and that's probably you know beneficial for me to learn you know so i, I kind of saw it as the avenue so when i got to santa clara that's what I that's what I went for. And as soon as I got it, I was like, yeah, I'm double majoring. I'm I'm an art. Now. I'm in art. So, <laughs> wow. you know, sociology and art. Yeah, that's what I did. I like to say that I got two degrees. My wife will call me out every single time because I was two credits short of a double degree. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she's like, no, you did it. No, you she's did like, it. Let me humble you real quick. I was like, why you hate it? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are you hating for? That's so Yeah, funny. so that's so funny. So you were in school doing mm -hmm. sociology and yeah. graphic design. And mm -hmm. I mean, I also yeah. think that's like hella Chicano of you to do. I mean, again, it's the activism and the, the yeah. artistry, right? Like it's both it's part of you. Yeah. How did you what was yeah. it after Santa Clara? Like how did you did you think you were gonna go into the sociology field and like try to work in that and like that? Or did you think that you were gonna go straight into art? Like what was, cause that's hard. It's yeah. two very different majors. Like how did you decide what to do after? Yeah, the, how does it go? So when I decided, when I went to Santa Clara and I had that sociology major, I thought, you know, maybe being a teacher, like maybe that was my calling. Because I didn't really know too much else. I was like, yeah, a teacher. And, you know, I went after art because it was really started to fuel my passion. Like sociology, I kept it because it was something that I was really interested in. And I thought it would give me a good foundation and understanding of society and the world. 
And then I did, I went and focused on all graphic design classes and art. Even though I took I took all the, the variety of art classes that Santa Clara had to offer, I focused mostly on graphic design. And I started using I started using that to my advantage. At that point in 2008 was when my parents lost their house. Everything that we had built up, my that my dad and mom had built up at that point was gone. You know, that was the recession in 2008. My parents lost their house and all the other investment properties my dad had. Everything like it was like from scratch basically starting again. And at that point I'm a sophomore at Santa Clara University and, and I get this phone call from my dad and he tells me, he tells me, hey, uh, you have time to talk? I'm like, yeah. So I was like, this is weird. He never called me to just yeah. like chat or something. If he had something to say, he would just text me. So, you know, I talking to him and he's like, yeah, so I really need you to pick it up on the, uh, on like applying for scholarships on, on finding money. Like I need you to, like, if you want to stay at Santa Clara, you need to find, you need to find money. And I was like, okay, like say less. I was like, and, and what do you, and what, so what are you doing with art? Like, what is that? Like, how is that going to help you? Like you're at Santa Clara, that's expensive. Like, what are you going to do with that? And I said, dad, don't worry. Like with graphic design, I know I can make money. Like I already started, I started like my freelance design back then in college. You know, I started doing logos. I started doing poster contests at, for the university. I got to design the poster for for Lupe Fiasco when he oh, came to do. He no did a deal. performance at Santa Clara University. Oh, yeah, wow. I got to I got to design the poster for Lupe Fiasco when he came to Santa Clara. He also also Kid Cudi and Bone Thugs came and I know Bone oh, Thugs. <laughs> yeah, wow. so I got to design those posters too. So that was sick. Cause those are all competitions that I was like, yeah. you know, cool. I'm gonna get some money. I also, you know, the Jesuit, the university is run by Jesuits and Jesuits is a specific sort of order, priest order within the Catholic faith. And so I wrote letters to them telling them about my situation, hoping that they could kind of provide me with more financial aid. And they did. So I applied to, I also got a work study job. So I, I told my design professor, I told them, Hey, I need to find a job. You know, I'm officially now on work study. Can you help connect me? And he said, yeah, you know, I want you to talk to Linda in the marketing department. She's the director of, of marketing for Santa Clara. I want you, you know, it seems like, I think they're looking for, for a junior graphic designer. And I was like, sign me up, please. Wow. So I went through the interview. I, you know, I showed him my portfolio, the way my professor taught me to, you know, that was my <laughs> first experience, like applying to a job, you know, that was, design related and at that point no one expected you to have a website it was just like what did you bring in in a printed format that looked mm -hmm. nice yeah. you know in your portfolio so I did I got the job and you know I, I built up a really great portfolio there and the work experience and the first thing they told me they my first assignment was designing designing the the student ID card for the Santa Clara University so that was my first what? That was my first thing. And I think they still have it. I think they still have it there. Uh, oh even though now God. I think everyone can open doors with their phone. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's so, you know, first of all, you just call yourself a heat. You're like, back in the day, we didn't have websites. We had. Yeah, <laughs> back like a... in the day, you know, we didn't know websites. <laughs> I got to own it sometimes. Gotta, I can't. You got to own it. You got to own it. You're an OG. But I, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I think what's so dope yeah. is that you man, this is so like part of the Latino story, I feel like, or or just like our experience in the U.S. Like I, my family also got affected in mm -hmm. 2008. I think we talked about that. And mm -hmm. it really changed the trajectory of my life because I started working, right? Like, okay, pues hay que trabajar, like chambiadora, like yeah. I have to be that 100%. And hearing you like on the phone, like I'm not hearing you on the phone, but like that story of you on the yeah. phone with your dad, like you saying, okay, well, say less, like I'll, I'll make it happen. And yeah. it's, I think that's just part of like, you don't ask any questions, you know, you don't fight back. You're just like, okay, my parents need this. The family needs this. The community needs this. Like, but like, let mm -hmm. me go out there and do it. You know what I mean? And you did it. Yeah. And it led you, do you think that opened the doors for you in your graphic design career? I, it definitely is. It proved to me that I could make graphic design a viable career choice. Yeah. I didn't know what the hell I could do with the sociology degree, but I knew that with a graphic design degree, like we can make yeah. that happen, you know, so I can make money. And, you know, 
that led to kind of, you know, yes, a responsibility to my parents to, you know, help kind of carry some of that burden of being at Santa Clara. Because I also became a, an RA, which at Santa Clara is called CF, a community mm -hmm. facilitator, but I became an RA and that paid for my, you know, my room, that paid for my room and my food. So I was like, bam, I took care of that by becoming an RA. I did that junior and senior year. And then I just had to fill in the gaps with what I wasn't getting with my loans and, yeah. and, and uh, financial aid with my jobs and, you know, all the other side hustles and then just you know, making it work. So, you know, uh, gracias a Dios, it, it worked out. It's the know, resourcefulness so. for me. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it was whatever, whatever needed to happen, you know, and, and I don't feel by any means that I was like, that I, that it was like, that I was like shorted, you know, my college experience. Oh, yeah. I feel like it made my college experience, you know, to do what I did. Yeah. And I think it benefited me greatly to move forward and kind of understand the the viability of graphic design as a career mm -hmm. and, and you know it didn't work out immediately i'll tell you that much <laughs> you know i i worked i after graduating college i'm like bam i'm set you know i have i have a degree now you know we're a couple years you know 2010 i graduated in 2010 from Santa Clara. So, you know, I'm like, okay, recession was away like it's still kind of recession time, but you know, things are picking up. And, you know, I'm like, okay, so let me try, you know, seeing who's in my connections to to try to get a gig. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm thinking big numbers over here. I just graduated. I should be getting big numbers, right? You and would think. the first job I landed was Yeah, you would think. <laughs> The first job I landed, which I think now is probably laughable because I don't, I mean, I don't know what a entry level gig pays, pays now, but I was making $8 an hour wow. and I was like, so like, what the hell is this? We're about to, I was like $8 an hour though. What the hell? Like, I, I was like, I have a degree. I was told that with a degree, I would be getting good pay, but this was the job that I could get. So. I became sort of like a jack of all trades for a small marketing company in San Jose, you know, and I actually learned a lot from from that job, a lot because being a jack of all trades, the CEO that ran the company was the only full-time employee. And then she hired me as part-time to do to do like everything. Like I did I did phone calls to customers, I did inventory, I did email design, I did all her graphic design, her print design. I even like I even organized her her receipts one point when she was trying to get stuff ready for taxes. So I did I did I did everything. Oh I did God. all you could think of on that job. <laughs> so so that because because she had a, a marketing company yeah. and then she also had a design, she also had an a Mexican glass ornament side hustle called called Casa Q. Casa Q ornaments. And I think she still has them. She still has them around, but she 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 made these ornaments and it was like, you know, she was getting them into places like Macy's and, and cool places like that. So I thought, OK, like, you know, there's a there's a possibility of doing something culturally relevant and having it, you know, kind of come up like that. What I also learned I didn't want to do was that she would make them in and she would have them made in China. And that process was too crazy for me. I was like, I never want to make a process. I never want to make a product overseas. I don't want to have my product held up at the, you know, at customs because, you know, for whatever reason, wow. like, I don't like, I went to, I went to the, I went to the docks one time with her to, to try to convince the people to give us the boxes so that we can go and sell these ornaments. Oh my God. <laughs> so I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And so at, at the time though, I was, I did have a chip on my shoulder. I was angry that I wasn't, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't come in humble the way I felt like I should have. Looking back, I should have just been humble and been like, hey, this is an opportunity. I'm going to learn a lot. But when you're young and you just graduated and you got debt, you're just thinking like, like, where's mine? Right. Where's mine at? You know? So, and I, that kind of clattered me in that moment. I was kind of, I was kind of angry that I was getting paid so little and that, and, and that what was I getting in return, you know? And now looking back, I see that I, I learned a lot of lessons from that, from that first gig. Yeah. And during that time, because I was so mad that I was getting paid so little, I started applying to other jobs. And that's when, luckily, 
career builder and monster.com, which I don't even think exists anymore. Uh, oh, again, okay. That's back again. in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> I don't even know. It basically, it allowed you like LinkedIn to apply to hella jobs yeah. with you just create your profile, you put up your resume, and then you're like, yes, 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 apply, 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 apply. So you just be applying. And of course, if they have they need a cover letter, then you gotta write that, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. You know, I think there's a whole other conversation about cover letters. But you know, yeah. <laughs> we wanna get into that. We don't have time for that. But I applied to Hella Jobs. And then I also went on Craigslist to apply to Hella Jobs. And I just went to everywhere Not that Craigslist. I could look. Wow. Yes, on, Craigslist. I was applying to jobs on Craigslist. <laughs> Like, you know, I was like, anywhere that has jobs that I can apply to, like, digitally, even better. Because otherwise, like, I I didn't grow up in the necessarily in the time where you have to, like, mail your application in. This was like, all you know, tech and internet was, was going off and everyone was applying their jobs th- virtually. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Throw, cast a wide net. I think I applied to, you know, over 100 jobs for sure during that time. And one of the jobs that I applied to a, was company in Cupertino looking for Photoshop expert. And I was like, well, I'm not a Photoshop expert. I barely know the program, but I'm going to apply because by the time not? they get back to me, yeah. why not? Because by the time they get back to me, which, you know, I'm thinking a few months or, or you know, a couple of weeks, yeah. I could learn some, I could learn some Photoshop. Like, you know, I had taken a couple classes, so I knew a little bit, definitely by by no means an expert, but I'm going to apply, you know, and I think, look, I mean, now that I'm, you know, learning about, you know, kind of examining masculinity and privilege, obviously that's not something I feel like, you know, my Chicana counterparts might've done in that instance, yeah. you know, like yeah. that was very much a, a male privilege thing of being like, Hey, I know Photoshop. I'm gonna apply. I'm not an expert, you know. Audacity. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, the, I had the audacity to apply, <laughs> which is something now that I try to preach to everybody, yeah. uh, because you know that's that's one way to like level our kind of improve everyone's opportunities. Yeah. By having that audacity and, we all and need the audacity. never filtering ourselves exactly, yeah. don't filter yourself out, right? So. Yeah, and um, I will also encourage. You know, like, I think you know the rest of the story. Mean that men shouldn't apply if they're not qualified. Like, I think we all just need the audacity, as we're talking about, right? Like, we all everyone, need to, everyone, to just put ourselves out there. But continue the story. I'm like, I'm juiced. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we're here. I'm applying to this job. A few months later, pass by, and the recruiter hits me up, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we, we want to give you a phone call." And I'm like, "All right, cool." So we're talking on the phone. And then he tells me, yeah, so the company in Cupertino is Apple. And I was like, oh, oh, like that. Oh, okay. So, and he was like, yeah, so it seems like, you know, you, you're, you have a good enough portfolio and, and, you know, you know, basically he was just checking if I was, you know, easy to talk to or whatever, you know, whatever reasons why you get called, you know, just to clear that you're the per you're a person and you can ha- have a conversation or right. whatever right so so now i have this and they're like but they need a test they need you to to follow this to, you know to make this design test and i said oh shit okay send it over and you know you know give me and he was like how much time do you need and i was like well, give me like a week i don't know why i didn't say more but i said give me a week <laughs> and then they were like okay so, so I got this this test. The design test was at the time, the 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 what was it called the iPhoto app icon was like like a sunset with like a little palm tree on top of a of an island mm. with like a sunset background. Like that was the iPhoto icon at the time. And so they sent me that, and they said, "Hey, this is a." At that point, it was a twenty four by twenty four pixel icon, very small. And they said, we want you to blow it up to twice the size and des- and redesign it and add detail as you see fit. You know, like it has to be double the size, you know, it has to look good and it has to, you know, add whatever detail that you want. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I obviously knew enough that when you blow up a raster based image, it's going to start looking blurry and pixelated, mm-hmm. right? So that I knew that. And so I knew enough to like, get myself through the first phase. And then I hit up my design professor from the one that got me the, the work study job. I was like, yo, 
was like, can you check this out? Like, is this okay? Like, what do you think? He was like, well, what did they tell you? What were the rules? And I was like, this is, da, da, da. and he was like, okay, cool. So try this and try that. And I was like, okay. So I did another round and he was like, yeah, I think that looks good. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I sent it to the recruiter and they were like, yeah, this looks, this looks great. Okay. So, and then he tried to get, he tried to get all the answers out of me. Like, what are you doing? What are you using? Like he wanted to like, oh, wow. somehow or another, the, the conversation that he had with the Apple people was like, okay, this is what we're looking for, I guess. Right. And then he was like, he was like, all my other candidates are struggling. I got to tell them, you know, the secrets over here. You know, so oh, no, um, all mine. luckily, yeah, I was like, no, nah. I was like, no, nah. I was like, yeah, you just, you know, do something. He didn't understand. He wasn't a designer, so it didn't really matter. But I got the I got the interview. I got the in-person interview with that with that test. Right. And one thing that I added to the palm tree that I thought was, you know, they said, blow it up, add detail. Cool. I added coconuts to the palm tree because I just thought like, yeah, like we need to add details to this. To this coconut tree or to this tree right. is a palm tree when it's small, but if you make it bigger, let's add some coconuts. Like, why not? You know? And I I did that and obviously I got the interview. So I went in and I talked and I got the I chatted day of on the interview. I did my interview, you know, I did a decent job. You know, they had me just walk me through their my portfolio and then they had me walk through my Photoshop file and explain to them what I did in every step. You know, so I had to know what I was talking about. And at that point, I had I had learned enough, you know, to kind of get my way through that. And luckily, I was also very organized, which I knew they were going to be looking for. And like I, I named all my files. I organized everything. Sorry, I'm getting kind of nerdy with everything, but it's kind of part of the story. <laughs> so designer. So they were like, yeah, yeah, designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So eventually I'm bringing it home here. Don't worry. E- eventually I I. Uh, I leave, right? And I'm like, okay, well, I did what I could. I, I did my best, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, and I and I wait and, you know, I got the job and I'm like, oh my God, I made it. I made it to Apple. And the recruiter told me, or the, the, the hiring manager at that point is the one that called me to give me the news. And she told me, hey, you know what? Out of everyone that we have that we interviewed that day, I think we interviewed, or that that week or whatever, that couple of days. Yeah. I think like over 50 people, 60 people. Like the one I kept thinking about was yours. And I was like, oh yeah, why? She was like, because the coconuts. <laughs> the coconuts kept coming into my head. Like that was, <laughs> I couldn't forget your test because of the coconut. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's what's up. So something that I preach now is like, you know, that was a pro- looking back, now as being in tech for 12 years and looking back like that was a that was probably a dumb move to like design add coconuts to or add something that big of a change to an icon of a company like apple who is very you know they got their style don't mess with their style mm-hmm. kind of thing that was kind of a naive move of me but in the end it made because i didn't know what i didn't know it made me stand out so that was my what a lot of people are afraid to do is to stand out, but that's really why I got the job, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that was I, it. I love this coconut story. I've heard it and every time. I'm just like, yeah. this is so <laughs> like, what I love, what I love about it is that you, I, I feel like this like goes back to like the authenticity, like, and not that you were doing it because you're like, I want to represent my people, but that's just something that's you like, yeah. you're like, let me put coconuts yeah. here. And it just, I, I love that story because it's just a reminder, like you have to be just like use your superpower, which is who you are. It, it's your, your background, it's mm-hmm. your story, it's your vibe, it's your sazon, it's your swag. Like that mm-hmm. is your superpower. And you did it without intentionally trying to do it. But it was just like, well, let me, let me do what room is going to do. Let me put coconuts yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that was the first. I think one of the one probably the you know the 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 moments that I trusted my gut or I followed my gut instinct and, and which had the biggest impact in my life that I can think of in this moment you know career trajectory wise like had I not done that you know who knows if I had gotten the apple job and then had I not gotten the apple job who knows if I hadn't been burnt out enough to quit my apple job and start Fuchila fresheners mm-hmm. Right, because that's what I did. Four years later, I quit my job at Apple to start Fuchila, 
because I needed a creative outlet, right? And, you know, had I not done that, had I not, maybe I didn't end up at Google and, you know. Yeah. And, you know, there's more updates to that story now, I know. Too, I was so. just going to say, let's get into it because people people know you by uh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. the Puchiladu. And you yeah. are, I didn't realize yeah. that you quit your job at Apple to do that. How, what was what was that moment? Yeah. Like, what made mm-hmm. you want to just be like, okay, peace, Apple. <clears throat> let me do my own thing. And by the way, it's not even yeah. just like a small I, business. Like, you have, you're an, I'm telling you, you're an influencer. <laughs> you have all these followers, all these people. About, like, it's it's incredible to see what you built. Thank you. I, I, I definitely, myself and my wife helps me, keep me on the ground. So we're good. Uh, the... The beauty of it was that I didn't know what I was facing at the time. I didn't know what burnout was. I didn't. I first of all, my first big job. I'm at Apple. I just assume all tech companies are this way. They have a very secretive culture. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, things have updated since, but very secretive culture. You don't need to know what's not part of your job. So stop asking questions and do what you need to do in this little part of your responsibility. And I'm a big picture person. I can't handle that kind of, but like, I can't be put like this and then not allowed to look elsewhere because I need context to design, to do my best work. You need context. You can't yeah. take me out of context and and I'm making design choices that make no sense for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't realize that what I was coming up against was just a, just a culture fit. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't it. But I, I started taking it as a, deficiency and on my part like like what's going on with me like I'm not am I good enough to be here you know like you know that's this is if this is how it always is then even if I leave then that's gonna that problem's gonna follow me right it, this problem's gonna follow me elsewhere maybe I just I'm, this is not for me yeah and I that that started to to impact my my ability to to work and to generate the amount of work that Apple wants you to generate. And, you know, and the, the issue was also in the culture of like showing up early and leaving late. And if you're leaving like at 6 30, mm-hmm. 7 o'clock, people are looking at you sideways like, oh, yeah, you're leaving early today. You know, that's cool. And I'm like, 6 30 was early. Like, I was so confused. Like, damn, it really is like this. Okay. So, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the experience that I had. And so I started getting, you know, I don't know if it was a depression, but it was definitely a, a like always, you know, the burnout, I guess, is a is a good way to kind of con- consolidate all the feelings of like not feeling adequate, putting in way too many hours, yeah. being unhappy with my situation and then being like and also questioning yourself, you know. So I ended up on, you know, the they got me on that review, whatever. I forget what it's called. They put you on that review period or whatever, where you better, where you either got to like outperform what you were already doing or else you're going to get fired. You know, that like performance review time thing. Mm. And I was like, I got on that. And actually the first time I think I've ever mentioned that, that part of the story, I just say that I quit because it's easier and easier to tell that story that I just quit. But I got on that review time and then I just was like, yeah, no, if you think I'm not performing at great right now then where am i gonna pull the 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 passion where am i gonna Mm. pull the determination the next level thing that you're looking for when i'm in this state you know so i just remembered i was already thinking about i needed something on the side so i started thinking of ideas you know in the last couple weeks and then and then on you know close to the end of that period i had to make a decision either I either had to resign or they were going to fire me, right? So wow. I would rather go out. I would rather go out on my own. And so I called my wife and I was like, yo, babe, I'm going to quit today. And she was like, all right. Like, <laughs> we already had talked about all this. So, yeah. but it did yeah. surprise her that I was just going to go and do it that day. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to quit. And she was like, okay. And then I was like, boom. So I just went and told my boss, I right, we're done. I'm done. I'm out of here. And, you know, I... You know, I, I learned a lesson at that point, which was basically like now looking back that it wasn't about me. It, it was about the fit. It just it wasn't about my skills. It wasn't about my abilities. It was actually a, a way to understand that if you're not feeling your work is that that's an that's an indicator that you need to be doing something else, you know, mm-hmm. 
Like some people like try to oh like I should really be just grateful or I should really just be like just go and do this work, you know, like maybe I just gotta push through this. It kinda sucks right now, but like I just gotta push through it. And it's like, no, like if it sucks and it's been sucking and you're not about it and you and you hate going to work, then there's not a remedy for that. It's, it's called you go do something else. Right. Go do something else. Right. You know? So Oof. and that's where I was led. Well, yeah. I, I'll pause there and just say, like, thank you, first of all, for sharing that yeah. part of the story. It's crazy you never shared that before. But also, I think corporate mm. has, and maybe it's just work in general, but, like, corporate has a way of making you feel like you're not doing enough. And yeah. it's it really does turn into burnout and it turns into overworking and it turns into just unhappiness, you know what I mean? And I yeah. love that this story, like, whether it was – the performance review cycle pushing you out, you know, pushing you out the door, but you also making the decision like, you know what, like I, we're done. I can't do this. Yeah. I'll figure mm-hmm. it out. And having that trust in yourself, like I- I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I think it's just like a powerful moment in, in your career, in your life. Like Apple served its purpose in your life to give you that platform and give you that clout, if you will. And you were just yeah. like, okay, bye. I'm on my way to some else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and without being at at Apple, I would have never met this manager who, in fact, I never really worked with. I wanted to be on his team, but I never got the opportunity. Mm. I never got the opportunity, but we were like kind of built up a little rapport. And he said, hey, I'm going to Google. I'm leaving to Google to go start, you know, the team, the kind of work that I was doing at Apple. He was now going to go and start a team like that at Google. And so he told me, hey, if you ever want a job at Google, hit me up. And at that point, I wasn't in the industry enough to know that that was like a legit. Like if someone tells you that, that's like legit, you know, Yeah. especially You're someone like, that yeah, you work yeah. like <laughs> no one just no one just throws out. No one. Just, I was like, no one just throws out job opportunities like yeah. that. Like, you know what the hell? So but at that, I didn't understand, you know, that's kind of how things work out here. You know, like mm-hmm. you, you meet someone, they vouch for you and bam, you're in, you know, so. Of course, that was my first, you know, up to this point, there is no network that's, 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 you know, helping me. Mm. I'm building that network and I used all four years at Apple to build my network in tech. Yeah. And, you know, I was able to build a relationship with this manager that I I never even really worked with. And he hit me up. He told me about that. And three months after, you know, I started Fuchila and I was like, this is sick. I love this. Like. (laughs) Fuchila is, is a, for those that don't know, is a Chicano Latin-inspired line of air fresheners and nostalgic collectibles, and it's a, you know at its peak, and I think it still it still might be an international brand. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So, and I say at its peak because that's when at its sales peak. I think I think the brand is still is still international. The sales is not internationals anymore. You but, need to start selling uh, those little the, homies. Uh, I will collect yeah. those again. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll stay tuned for that. You'll see on my Instagram something new, something soon. So, so that was my that was my outlet. I needed something to like get me out of the funk that that was when I left Apple. I I I kind of you know came up and started Fuchila through Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. My community said yes, we got your back. Here's some money, some money out of my pockets for you to bring your idea to life, an wow. idea that doesn't exist yet, you know. So Kickstarter was the way that I raised. I had a goal of $2,500. I raised $3,500 from my community, from folks that I didn't know even. Kickstarter put us as like our favorite. I was labeled as one of our, you know, favorite campaigns to look out for or whatever, or like, you know, like editor's choice or whatever. So it kind of helped kind of, you know, get a little bit more views or what have you. And so here I am. I got money. For my community, we're putting, you know, fresheners together. I'm this is my first full-fledged side hustle. I got the whole LLC, I got the trademark, I got all that. Like I'm learning all these new lessons. I'm learning how to raise capital, if you will. I'm learning how to, you know, use my network and kind of blow up stuff on Facebook and Instagram, build my web first website. Like, you know, I'm doing I'm doing all of it, right? You know, when you're an entrepreneur and and it's your first one. You're going to do it all yourself for sure. Yeah. And, you know, my wife is there, too. You know, we, then we got we got this delivery of a, of a box of these like 12 boxes 
of fresheners now. And my, my wife and I was like, well, we said that we would get these fresheners to our backers before Christmas. And, and you know, here we are, the delay after delay. Finally, we get the box on like, I think it was like the, the, 24, the 23rd. We get the box on the 23rd of December of 2014. We get the box and we're like putting all the stuff. We already had prepped all the shirts and everything else. We had gotten all the fresheners now, so we're like putting it on. And then Christmas Day, her and I drive out to all the local people that we could reach, and we're just delivering fresheners to people, oh, like wow. their their orders to people's doors, like because we had made a commitment. Yeah. Unfortunately, we had to email some of our backers that were not in our area and tell them, "Hey, we're sending them out today on Christmas Day, and yeah. and hopefully you'll get them in a, a couple of days." Yeah. You know. So, but That's it showed me that. I can make I can make it happen. Like this is a reality. Let's do this, you know? I feel like honestly, I always say like entrepreneurship, business, like that that's in our blood. Like we like my mom mm -hmm. was an entrepreneur before entrepreneurship was sexy. You know what I mean? Like she was yeah, she yeah, was selling yeah. Avon in the house, Mary Kay and yeah. <laughs> you remember Princess House? I don't know if anybody remembers Princess House. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my mom was that woman at home, like having all these businesses. She was also a tailor. People would come to her. She would like do like she had multiple of streams course. of revenue. And did she do quinceañera dresses? She no, but she did like she uh, okay. would she yeah, would make yeah, her yeah. camitas. And then she would also do the mm -hmm. quinceañera chairs, like the you know what I'm talking about? You know, like the yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, the tall, the tall um, bag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She made she made recuerdos too. I mean, she did literally anything that she could from home so she could take care of the kids and cook. And I yeah. just remember wanting to be just like my mom, and now I am in my own respect. But I always say like yeah. she was my first inspiration of entrepreneur, like entrepreneurship. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, man, our family has it in us. We have it in us. It's like natural to us. Yeah. To do some cool, some like on the side, some that's going to bring us joy and bring us money all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And that and that was actually my dad was the first inspiration there. He's worked for himself almost his entire life. After after he got out of the, the fast food gigs that he started off with, which is actually where my parents met. They met at, Mac at McDonald's. Oh, that's so uh, and so... <laughs> They met working at McDonald's. My dad was a night manager and he kept scheduling my mom to close with him so that they had more time together. Hella cute. <laughs> Hella cute. They were so, like, I'm loving you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were all about they were all, it was all like, okay, dad, you are you the Big Mac right. over here, okay? Right? So <laughs> all the fun. All the fun. All the fun. So, you know, oh he, he after they left that kind of phase of their of their job or career. My dad and his uncle went and started a menswear store in downtown San Jose, oh, which is wow. still there now, What's almost 30 years. It's called Diaz Menswear. It's on Santa Clara and 3rd in downtown San Jose. And my uncle still owns it. He's there. You can walk in, say what's up to my tío Alfredo. Be like, hey, there's like a 30-foot wall of fedoras. He's got Pendleton's. That's where I get all my Pendleton's from, my jeans. Wow. And he's got shoes. He's got slacks. He's got guayaberas. He's got, he's got it all right there. So... You know, he and his uncle, he and my uncle decided to to start a menswear store. And after they had started it the first time, it caught fire and burned everything. It burned it all down. What? Like, it was, what? yeah, all down. It caught fire, everything. And so they started again. And so that was something that I didn't understand. Like, yeah, they were just yeah. like, okay, legit, starting from scratch, mm -hmm. you know? So, okay. So he, they started again. And they made it. They made it work, you know. And now it's still there. It's it's still it's a it's a staple in downtown San Jose. Wow. One of those historical spots you kind of just gotta walk into. Wow. And after that, my my pops bounced and left to real estate. So he he went into real estate, which is how one of the customers that would walk in all the time to get jeans and shirts and stuff from the store was an agent. And he was like, Hey, you ever thought about that you can make way more money in real estate? And my, you know, my dad was like, way more money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, he was like, let's go, you know. So he kind of took him under his wing, taught him about that. He took his real estate license. And then 
after a few years of working with like big names in real estate, he was like, I'm just going to start my own real estate company. So, so he started, yeah, he started his own company. It was La Residencia Realty in San Jose. He had he had a bunch of offices throughout San Jose. He had hella agents working for him at, at its peak. You know, I had this great example of like, yeah, you learn the trade, you do your thing, and then you go off on your own, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And and that's kind of, you know, the part of my store where I'm at. Yeah, I think it's it's so fire, like the families that we come from. I mean, my dad also went on his own and became his own little handyman. He called himself, I don't even know, some handyman was his like business name for a while. And I and I always tell my, my family, I'm like, I used to love Manny the handyman when I was younger because of my dad. Yeah. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> but I I think it's so dope growing up and seeing the resilience. And it's funny because that re same resilience that your parents or your, your uncle and your dad had when they were like, well, everything burned down. Let's start again. I think it yeah. like it comes from our community too. this like sense of I mean, my, my family is very spiritual. So they're like, you know, Dios nos cuida. like God will take care of us. Like we're OK. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, things happen. And I remember recently I, I got laid off from linkedin we, we talked about that and i mm -hmm. i told my yeah, parents, yeah. like i told my parents like i mommy papi like no, no lo van a creer. like I, I just got laid off yeah and then they were like oh, okay like i'm sorry you're going through that but like 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 no yeah. worry at all and i was like i'm over here hella worried and all like damn what am i gonna do and they're like like you're you're fine yeah. And for yeah. me, it was just a reminder of like, this is this is our community. We're like, I mean, I pray for the day we're not as resilient because it comes from systemic issues. But like, I yeah. love how resilient our community is where it's like, OK, well, one thing happens, like, it's fine. Like, we're going to keep moving and we're going to keep doing our thing. And lo vamos a lograr. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just, just keep going That's for it. it. And so I think that that same resilience was in you in the moment, like seeing what your your mm -hmm. uncle and your dad did and then seeing your dad go into other things and start his own business yeah. like that is just innate like that that's a that's an innate power yeah and and understanding that we're just good i mean we're gonna do what are we gonna do just roll over and just be like okay i'm done <laughs> yeah, with life like, no <laughs> like i gotta like we don't we you know we can definitely we we, you know, as far as, you know, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like we don't have, we don't have time to, to evaluate our feelings about how, yeah. about how we feel about a certain stage in our life. But the, like, what other choice do we have besides like, okay, like, let's be in our feelings, let's feel the feels and let's evaluate them and then let's keep moving. Cause I mean, mm -hmm. what's, what other choice do we have? So, right. um, that's that's where I'm at now, right? You know, as as similar to you, I was one of the what I call the 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 chosen few, the twelve thousand from Google, and that was that was laid off recently. And everyone I talked to was like, oh, oh my god, you know, like qué va pasar, you know, like the I was getting more of like more of they were more worried than I was, so it was more flipped. The relationship was flipped, and that I was calming everybody else down. <laughs> You know, yeah, we good, we good, you know, and you know, my, my, I could tell my dad was like, well, first of all, by the time I got to, it got to August and this is like the, the full story, but by the time it got to August, I was, I was kind of, I was just kind of done. I was, I was zoomed I remember, out. I just, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm kind of done. Like, I don't. I kind of want to work on something else. I want either a new team or or a new. I want to do do something new, and so I was like, "How do I, how do I m make it work so that I can live the life without leaving Google just yet?" Mm. Right. So I took all my I took all my vacation. I took the forty days that I had. I Not said, all the I'm gonna take them all. <laughs> all the vacation. I took all. I said, Say "Hey, bye -bye. all forty, <laughs> bye." And then I was like, "Okay." Now, once those 40 days are over, I still don't want to come back. Like, you know, there was the hiring freeze was what the, what made me do all this. It let yeah. at that time I kept I kept asking God and, and very much God has always been, you know, I'm a I'm a devout Catholic and I, God has always been like my guide. He is always my guy and my guide, you know. <laughs> and he he's been and I'm gonna steal uh, that my guy and been, my guide. Uh, yeah, right. He's my guy and my guide. You know, <laughs> that was brand new. That just born right there. So and so he, 
has always shown me where I need to go next. When I'm in a phone cry, I'm just like, what, what is up? What's next? He has told me, he has showed me. But in this particular instance with my Google frustrations, he, w- he wasn't showing up in the, in, in the, at the speed at which I was, I was being impatient with him. I was like, bro, like you normally come through and give me a sign, like hurry up already. You know, and I got to the point where I was so frustrated that I was just like, you know what? That's the issue is because I'm so frustrated that I'm not patient. I don't have faith in him to just reveal mm-hmm. like what what needs to be revealed. So the moment that I was like, yo, my bad. Let me call myself, you know, stole my role. Yeah. You know, all the jobs, all the teams that I was looking to get on at Google and were affected by the hiring freeze. Yeah. So I could I could no longer be on those teams, not even within Google. I was I allowed to transition onto new teams. And so they told me, hey, hiring freeze. And I was like, ah, thank you, guy. You told me. You, I was like, is it Google? Is it not Google? And you were like, hiring freeze at Google. I was like, oh, okay. So not Google. Thank you very much. You know, mm-hmm. you know, on to the next one. That's so, walking by faith, though. You know? That's like literally one, yeah. one of my favorite books. It's up here. It's called The Alchemist. And I, I related to uh-huh. like my relationship with God all the time. Like things will work out for you and like, God will work in your favor if you're willing to listen and when you're ready to listen. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. if you're just, like, bogged down by frustration, like, I have to stop myself all the time when I move by fear. I'm like, am I moving by fear or am Mm. I moving by faith? (laughs) And most of the time, my ass is moving by fear because I'm, like, always worried and I'm always, like, that person. But then realizing, like, no, wait, God's never led me astray before. Like, you just got to trust this, like, moment in your life. And season in your life. Mm-hmm. So that's fire. Exactly. And then Google was like, bye, exactly. Ruben. <laughs> bye. Yes. So even before that happened, that same week that I got the hiring freeze, a homegirl of mine that, had, that left Google, she's at Disney now. And so she was like, hey, I want you to come work for me. She was like, I want, you know, I want you to, I want to put your hat, your name in the hat for this role that I got, a manager role even. I met something that I was, I was not even close to yet at Google because of, for many reasons why I was I was not promoted on many occasions, but mm. she was like, I want you to be a manager for me. And I was like, cool. So I went and applied. And then even though I was like, this is sick, Disney, they got hella perks. I was like, in my head, in the, in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't think this is for me because I still need a break. Yeah. I need a damn break. Like I'm still, I still need a break. And I don't, I don't think that this is for me. And of course, you know, when I didn't get the job at Disney, it kind of confirmed that. And I was like, yeah, even though I put my best foot forward, I went for it. I went hard. I did all the interviews, everything. I didn't get the gig. And I was like, you're right. It wasn't for me because how, if I'm Zoomed out, now I'm leading a team that's all through Zoom. Like, how am I supposed to build relationships with people right. like that all the time on a daily basis when I'm already Zoomed out, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Wow. And so when and you got laid off, it was just no, more then of a that's sign, when then right? Google told me. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. So yeah. Uh, I, I, I was I took all my leave. So after I got those 40 days, I was like, I still don't want to work. I'm going to take a leave like a like a health, like a personal reasons, health, a mental health break, whatever. Yeah. So I took all 90 days I took. And those 90 days led me to January 3rd. So I didn't work. And during those three months. Of of break is when I opened my art studio here in Gilroy in the south it's South Bay. So it's probably like from Mountain View, it's like an hour. Yeah. And so I opened my art studio. I started picking up design clients. On the, I basically was living the life I wanted to live without leaving because my wife was about to start work and we needed her insurance to kick in before I left my insurance. So I was also being strategic and smart about how I was how and when I was moving. Mm-hmm. And and eventually I was like, okay. Okay, I'm gonna quit. Come the new year, I'm gonna officially resign. You know, so I can, you know, I'm done. You know, with this kind of, I can't keep this up. You know, forever. So I'm gonna go resign. And then, you know, I I left. I I procrastinated. I left it off. I I was supposed wow. to do it on the Monday, and I was like, nah, I'll do it on Friday. And that Friday, when I went in to go <laughs> resign, I was I couldn't get in. I I had a guy in. Wait, I had that's a guy how you in found the, out. I had a guy. In, that's how I found out. <laughs> God. I went in to quit and I went in to quit to file my resignation and I had got and and I got better news. I got better news than the resign than the resignation. I got laid wow, off. Got a whole severance package. 
Hell yeah, <laughs> that's like, what's up. That was, bam, that was God coming through in a big way that's right there. So that's why my post on LinkedIn is so hyped. Yeah. Because now you know the whole story because I'm hella hyped. Like, why wouldn't I be? That's so, that's so, I can't believe first of all you found out like that, but that's so fire how yeah. you, you literally are like Santiago from The Alchemist. Like, you're literally going through this journey. <laughs> And yeah. it's like, okay, well, I'm ready. And then God was like, oh, you know, uh -huh. I got you. You know, like, I'll yeah. give you a whole package and you can enjoy your time. Mm -hmm. So I know we're at a, we're yeah. almost out of time, but what's next for you and, and your art and Fuchila? Like, what's what's coming up next? Yeah, I'll give you the short of it because I did. I check in the time. You're right. The <laughs> But the conversation's so good. Right. Next next is I'm, I'm doing three parts. Now that I don't have a full-time job and then hella side hustles, now all my side hustles are my my full-time hustle. I'm not looking for jobs in tech right now. I'm basically like, forget any role in tech. I'm still keeping an eye open for yeah. stuff just in case some like crazy opportunity comes up. But basically I'm I'm done with tech for the foreseeable future. What I want to do is now, I'm, one is do freelance design, branding, graphic design, you know, web, web stuff, you know, whatever is needed, design client, branding, that kind of stuff. And then the second thing is my my art practice. So my try to get into public arts, maybe do some murals, get some commissions, do fine art the way that I would want to represent it. And through that, you know, hopefully pick up, you know, get into some shows, some gallery shows, that kind of stuff, do the more fine art thing. And then the last bit is service to my community. So, you know, that's how I became. I recently was elected an arts and culture commissioner for Gilroy for the city of Gilroy. <laughs> and so now I have that, that have, I'm fulfilling that part where like I'm trying to build up arts and culture in Gilroy so that my art and myself as an artist can thrive in Gilroy and, and make that a, a reality. And then while then at the same time kind of sustaining more of the, uh, of the income needs through my design and branding side. Yeah. That way, that way it's kind of like a little bit of everything, but all those side hustles now have become my my one main hustle and and actually one of the collabs that came out of the three months that I was doing my art because I just like I'm just gonna do art over my studio bam so I made I made a five and a half foot by three foot cake out of chiclets of the Virgen de Guadalupe I don't know Same if you got that. to see that it's one so dope yeah it's so so, dope. so it's people just gotta check it out there's no way to explain it but it's a mosaic of the Virgen de Guadalupe out of chiclets that I hand painted to make sure that I got all the colors we needed. And it just looks like 8-bit art from far from far away. So good. And I was trying to get Canels is the brand that makes chiclets. Mm -hmm. They're out of Mexico. I kept tagging them in the comments of my post. So, you know, trying to be Mr. Influencer. <laughs> and eventually they hit me up. When that when that went off, they hit me up and they're like, we want to work with you. Oh shit. So I'm that that's in the works right now. We're doing we're gonna do a collab. I might I might be heading out to Mexico to do some to do some work with them out there where they make their chiclets and and all their other candies. Wow. And they want they want to they want to buy the virgen. That's what they said. So we'll see what's up. Yeah. Premium prize. Let yeah. them know. <laughs> premium premium prize. Yesterday's prize was not today's prize. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god! I'm so excited for Hell all the yeah. things that you're doing, Ruben, and for everybody who's listening. I hope you're Thank just you. inspired by Ruben's story and go hit him up for Fuchila Art or Art in general. Yes. Let's yes. do one last thing before we go. I like to close every conversation mm -hmm. with the brindis con nuestro cafecito. Yes, of course. Yes, please. Um, yes, so, please. Ruben, what do you want to cheers to and what do you want to manifest for our Chicano or Latino community? What I want to manifest is a certain level of patience and comfort, finding comfort in discomfort, faith. Basically, everything that has to do with, like what you said, not moving out of fear, but moving out of faith. And then an just a general understanding that if it's not God for you, then then what is it that's going to bring you that faith, yeah. right? If it, that's going to bring you that ability to move with with confidence and to move at your own pace, you know, people, our community tends to look around and see other people moving faster. And we're like, you know, I got to I got to go match that. No, go at your pace, move, move with faith. And and I think specifically for men. I would like us to help reevaluate our reevaluate our masculinity and, and find out ways that we can continue to empower not only 
ourselves as men, but everyone in our community, you know, especially our women. So that's it. Cheers to that. Let's manifest it. <laughs> Salud, Ruben. All, all of that. All of that. Thank you so much, Ruben. Otra vez. Thank you for being here and sharing your story. We finally did it. Y'all, do yourself a favor and check out Ruben out on LinkedIn. Check out Food Chila Fresheners on IG and all of them links in the show notes. Make sure y'all click every single one of them and just connect with Ruben anywhere you can. I'll see y'all next week for more Cafecito and Chisme. For all Hello Latino updates, follow Hello Latino Podcast on Instagram. You can also follow me on my personal Instagram at ojasmine4as. And of course, find me on LinkedIn. My website has a little bit more information if y'all want to know. odalisjasmine.com y con mucho amor, tu amiga hondureña. <laughs>